listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast again today. Obviously, I'm doing that because we're going to actually put this on the podcast, um, but it's good to see everybody logging on. I am lost my page. There it is. Um, Carabayo. Good to see you logging on. Britt, good to see you. Christy77. I love these old school AOL <laughs> style IM names. Christy77. I'll tell you a funny story is that when I first got on America Online, back in the day where you had to connect via um, dial-up and you had that like screeching fax machine noise every time you logged onto the internet. Um, and I was like, man, what would be a real... Carolyn remembers this. She's probably laughing at me wherever she's at. Um, I remember that I had to like pick um, like an email address and also my instant messenger name. And I was just getting ready to become a youth pastor for the very first time. And, uh, but I wanted to be really cool. Um, and so I came up with this name to be, uh, the youth pastor, but I wanted to be cool. So I called it the youth pasta, the youth pasta. And I actually spelled it D A Y U F as in Frank P A S T A the youth pasta. But the, here's the crazy thing. So my thing forever was the youth pasta at AOL.com. And uh, the thing that make that made me laugh, Danielle remembers that. She said, the thing that makes me laugh is every time, because I would use it also for like business transactions and stuff where people are like, okay, and what's the email address we could send that to? And I, and I, you know, every time people would see it, they'd be like, okay, so you must really like pasta. <laughs> Everybody would see my, my username like, oh, a pasta lover, huh? You guys like pasta? And I'm like, what is the day of pasta? The, everyone said that. Everyone was like, day of pasta. <laughs> and I had to change. I finally couldn't stand it anymore. It was like, I know you guys had those. Carolyn remembers it. It was so crazy. And it was when I got my very first iPod. It must have been like really close to like 2001 or two, because that was when the iPod first came out. And when I saw Christy 77, that made me think of that. Danny Boo 89. <laughs> we all have our pasts, gang, with our own AOL instant messenger names. It's all right. <laughs> there is now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Um, but no, anyway, I'm really happy you, happy you guys are on. Thanks for being here. Thanks for commenting. Um, I don't even know if Nicole's last name is pronounced that way. But I say it because she's from Canada. So I do the French pronunciation as best I can. Ashley Melton and Ted's in the house. You were a Lion King fan. <laughs> MySpace. Oh man. I haven't even thought about MySpace in forever. It was crazy. My, I've, I had a MySpace just for a little while because I got on late. Oh, Rafiki. 82. I love it. Paul Rogers was Rafiki 82. Um, but anyway, it's not how you pronounce it. It's, it's not Pelsu. <laughs> it's probably Persaud or something like that. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I got on MySpace, but I got on late because Facebook came out right after that. Then they dropped the requirement of you having to have a a college or university email. So I was able to get on. There's Chad LaValle. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us today. Um, And so I was on MySpace for a very short period of time. Um, I wasn't even in it long enough for Carolyn to be part of my top eight because we were just meeting at that time and she was getting off MySpace also. We've got some MySpace stories, Sister Carolyn. Um, But anyway, we're going to jump into this. Uh, Listen, by the way, as you know, I'm in Alaska currently, Wasilla, Alaska. I'm at the church right now. We have the second night of conference tonight at 7 p.m. our time, which is going to be 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're still up and you want to join us um, on Facebook Live, please do. Last night was powerful. Um, really, really excited about what God's doing here. I mean, we had such a great response at the altar for people being saved and then people being delivered from depression and anxiety last night. It was phenomenal. So I was so excited to see it, uh, it start that way. And if you'd like to join us, be great to have you. Yeah, no, I, not that <laughs> Danielle. I know what's in your mind. You're still thinking about the Facebook comment from last week. And, you, you know, just you take it easy. Jared and Sheree Reese, good to see you. Thanks for jumping on with us. Um, I wanted to talk about this today on the podcast. And then, um, you know, I really want to talk about the fact that as, as we're in this month of March and we're talking about momentum, we're talking about moving forward with speed and doing what God's called us to do. Um, one of the things I really want to discuss with you guys is three areas of your life where you need to um, really prioritize. And uh, I, I really feel this is important because I said this the other day and I put it on Instagram on my story as well. It's the only thing, the only factor that determines whether or not you'll be dynamic in life is what you do with your time. That is the only thing. Literally, there's nothing else uh, that you could you, you could do or, or there's no other factor that is a determining factor. It's what you do with your time. On the other hand of that, think about this as well. Time is the most valuable resource there is. Once time is gone, there's no getting it back. Anything else you can get back, but time you can never get back. And so the Bible actually instructs us to redeem the time for the days are evil. And as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, what we're doing on a daily basis matters more and more. So uh, in this uh, podcast episode today, I want to take some questions from you, uh, from you guys. And then also, I want to just give you three things that I want to encourage you to begin to prioritize in your life. And uh, I'll start with that. And then as you guys have questions, I'm looking at the comments right now as I'm talking. So just pop them in and I'll, I'll answer them as we go. But um, the first thing I really want to talk to you about, and I find this to be so uh, extremely effective, and I never thought it would be. I really never thought it would be. Um, and that is prioritizing the first hours of your day prioritizing the first hours of your day. I One of the things that blew my mind, because I never, ever was a morning person. To this day, I mean, like, I'm moving in that direction um, with a lot of diligence and a lot of sacrifice, but I never was uh, a morning person. So for me, I had to kind of force myself to do that. But I always told myself, like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, you can, if you're going to pray, if you're going to read the word or, you know, whatever you're going to do, that can really be done any time of day, you know, and and you can pray any time of day. 
Uh, and you can read the word any time of day. But one of the things I've found is that something changes uh, drastically when you do it in the morning, when you take the morning hours to do it. And uh, the reason I say that is that as I begin to study the word of God uh, more and more, I saw that there were so many places in the word that it talks about the morning, talks about even like David, when he was writing in the Psalms, he spoke to God and he said, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsts after thee. So there was really something about seeking God early in the morning. Jesus, the Bible says, uh, would wake up and rise early before the dawn uh, and, and he would go to and go into the wilderness to pray. And uh, I started thinking about that, you know, as I was studying this subject. And I thought to myself, the reason obviously he had to do that is because once people began to wake up and come to find him needing miracles, uh, his time was not free for the rest of his day. He would literally have to minister to people um, until the sun went down and people went home to go to bed. Literally, people were constantly seeking him out. So you know what he did? He had to get up early before anybody else was up to come find him. He would get up before the dawn. In some cases, like Luke chapter six, the Bible says that he would pray through the night, literally go into the mountains and pray through the night. So he was prioritizing the first part of his day. David was prioritizing the first part of his day. As you go through the Bible, you'll find that is that there are, uh, I like I like how Bishop Oyedepo calls it. He calls the morning God's radio hour where God is speaking to his people. But I really feel like, it, I feel like it this way is that first things are important without question. First things are important. So how you begin really does matter. You know, I, you know, I, I really, Paul, I really think that that's, that is true. Paul's asking is giving God your morning, like giving God your best offering. It's almost like a prayer tithe or a tithe of your time. And I have talked about on the podcast, tithing your time, literally. I mean, if you did an actual mathematical check on that, you would find that a, an actual tithe of your day would be two hours and 24 minutes. And David Wilkerson used to talk about tithing his time. And I know other men of God that do the same. Um, but yes, I actually look at it, Paul, almost like um, it, it's like a first fruits offering, if you will, giving God the first and the best. And one of the reasons I say first and the best is that they've already even done studies that have shown that it the morning times uh, when people go to work, they encourage you, productivity experts actually encourage you to do all of your most important work that would take the most focus before the lunch hour because of the fact they know that as the day goes on, people, you know, they say willpower and self-control are on, are not unlimited resources. Willpower, focus, and self-control are not unlimited resources. So they've actually proven that the more tired you get, the less you're able to focus. Doesn't matter how much you want to focus. And it, it they've also proven I'm talking about productivity experts. Even this is not Christian statistics. This is even within the uh, the business world. That not only is your focus gone, but uh, your ability to be productive goes down throughout the day as you become more tired. So we understand as humans that we're built that way. So 
I, 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 I refuse really to let God just have what's left over in my life. And I want him to have the best of my life when I'm most focused, when I'm most productive, when, you know, when I'm the most fresh in the day, in the very morning hours, I want to give him those moments. And, um, one of the things that I think about that as I, as I'm moving forward is, is it, it's not only me giving God the best part of me in the day, but it is also, um, me preparing myself for the rest of my day. And what I mean by that is, is that I'm setting my day on a course and this, I feel like this is so important and so vital, uh, for believers in this generation is to set your day on a course for victory. And I think one of the reasons many people don't experience victory on a regular basis is because they won't set themselves up for victory properly. And um, I, I can't remember when I did this. I think it was on the podcast last week, or excuse me, not on the podcast, but the Facebook Live last week. I talked about uh, the fact that there are only two reasons that any believer would ever fall into sin. And those two reasons are they don't pray. According to Matthew 26, 41, Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray that you may overcome on the day of temptation or not fall on the day of temptation. So prayer keeps you from falling into temptation. And then the second thing that keeps you from falling into sin is reading God's word on a daily basis. David wrote in Psalm 119 uh, and verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against God. So by hiding the word in your heart and by praying on a daily basis, you set yourself up to live in victory over sin on a daily basis. And that's why I really also believe that prioritizing your morning hours are so vital and important is because it's not just you giving God a first fruits of your day, but it's also you preparing yourself for the rest of the day to be victorious over sin, depression, everything that comes against your life. You can literally set a course for your own day, set yourself on a path for victory. And, um, yeah, Dan, uh, Dean makes a great point is that if you don't start your day with the Lord, how would you know what he wants you to do that day? And that's a great point. I remember Dr. Lester Sumrall um, wouldn't even take a phone call from another minister to give him advice before he had prayed and been in the presence of the Lord that day. Because he said, what, what good is you know, my advice? Like how in the world, what would I even say to people if I've not yet gotten a word from the Lord? And I feel like the tr same was true about Jesus. You know, it's like, um, you know, he said, I can say nothing unless I hear the father say it. And I can do nothing unless I see the father do it. So that's how important Jesus prayer time was in the morning. He didn't even have anything to minister to people until he got something from God first. And the same is true for us. If we're going to be effective uh, in the lives of others and keep ourselves in a place of constant victory, those two elements have got to come first in our day. And, uh, you know, Danielle just commenting here, I need this. Uh, I'm not a morning person either. So I struggle with this even now, even though I do give my uh, tithe of my day to God. So Danielle, what I would say too, is I'm the same as you, you know, and Carolyn can tell you, I've always been um, a night owl staying up three, four in the morning um, constantly, but I've had to change that. And, and one of the things that I feel like has been successful for me is recognizing and realizing 
that the fruit of the spirit are there to help you do what the spirit wants you to do. And Carolyn and I were actually talking about this um, before I left. And, And one of the things that I said is that I truly believe that of the nine fruit of the spirit, I believe self-control is the most important one. Now, I know there's people that would probably disagree with me and say, no, love, love is the most important fruit of the spirit because Paul taught uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 that uh, of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. And I agree that love is the greatest goal and the greatest thing, but also recognize, guys, that the fruit of the spirit are choices. They're not, they're decisions you make. They're not things that automatically happen to you when you get saved. Because you know as well as I do, Christians, although they should be walking in love, many of them aren't walking in love. Many of them aren't walking in joy or peace or patience. You know, how many times have Christians honked at you behind in the traffic? And like, you know, it's like not everybody's walking that way. But one of the things that we need to keep in mind is that self-control is one of the nine fruit of the spirit, meaning that if we can get that one in activity in our life, then the other eight will come behind it. Because if we can master by the help of the Holy Spirit, self-control and governing ourselves, then everything else has to fall in line. Um, and Paul said that's, Paul was saying that's why it's not the apostle Paul, but Paul Rogers is saying in the comments, that's why it's mentioned last in Galatians chapter five, because it wraps all the rest up without self-control, nothing else happens. And I believe that I totally believe that it's the culmination of the fruit of the spirit that without self-control, we don't have the ability to perform any of the other eight that we should be performing. And um, so I, I really got into that in my spirit this year. And I made up in my mind for 2019, there's my friend, Zach Ramsey. Uh, you know, I made up in my mind in 2019. I said, listen, this is going to be a year, not, not just that I'm just going to produce more for God, but this is going to be a year that I give more to God. You know, I'm not just going to do more for my ministry, but in my own personal dedication to the kingdom, I'm going to give God more of my life this year than I ever have before. That was one of my goals. So how was I going to do that? Well, not being a morning person, I started, and this, you guys may laugh at this because I know some of you get up really early. Um, But for me, you know, staying up till four in the morning, when some of you guys get up at five in the morning, I was still almost awake at that time. Um, But, you know, flipping it around, I started saying, you know what? I'm going to start getting up at 8 a.m. Then I moved it back. I'm going to start getting up at 7.30 a.m. Then I moved it back. I'm going to start getting up at 7 a.m. Then I moved it back. I'm going to start getting up at 6.30 a.m. And just, you know, heads up, that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) It's like I'm not part of that 5 a.m. club yet that everybody's all talking about for success. I'm not there. But 6.30, which I never in my life, I mean, since high school when I was forced to, uh, you know, I know Paul It's like, when, you know, when you're, when you're working for yourself and you're, you're a night owl, you start doing all your productive work at night, you know, and I'm working till three or four in the morning. That's, that's just kind of how it went for me. But, um, I'm, I knew I had to change it and make that change. Um, plus we never have had kids that woke us up early. You know, our kids have basically stayed on revival time their entire life and they just sleep in 
We have to wake our kids up, even on Christmas Day. <laughs> it's insane, man. There's Tiffany Farley. Love you, Tiff. But here's the thing is that I made up my I made up my mind. It was like, you know, I'm gonna start, and Tiffany's now in the in the 5 a.m. club. I mean, she's doing the 5 a.m. wake up. So, you know, shout out to her for that discipline. I'm not there yet. I'm I'm at the six, I'm in the 630 club if there even is a club. But yeah, thanks, Chad. I mean, for me, 630 was great progress from where I used to be. But what what made me do that? Well, I made up my mind, I have a goal. And the goal is going to be that, and I do more than this throughout the day, but my goal was I want to pray the first hour of the day before whatever other prayer I may do throughout my day, I want a solid hour before the day starts. And then I want the word in my spirit before the day starts. So prioritizing my morning hours, I'm saying, I want that. And, and you know, it's not easy when you're a creative person because one of the things that happens to creative people is, and, and every, every creative that's on this right now that's watching, like Tiffany's a creative, Paul Rogers is a creative. Uh, I'm looking through the list. I don't know everybody's personal life like that, but I know that there are some creatives on. And, um, you know, I know J- Josiah does cr- some creative work. And Jasmine does creative work. So, you know, when you're a creative that the, when you wake up, I mean, you've got ideas like flowing immediately. You've got f- ideas just bouncing around your mind. You feel like you have a hundred million things to accomplish. Your to-do list is out the door and the temptation is to just jump on it. When you get up, it's like, man, I'm fresh, I'm rested, I'm ready to go. I am ready to jump on my list and start knocking stuff out. That's a temptation for every person who's productive. But you have to make yourself realize that me accomplishing my to-do list or getting things done or being productive does not hold a priority over me giving myself and my time to God first in the morning. And I'm like that, where my wife could tell you that when I wake up, I'm very much like that, where I, I'm, I could just jump on it and get going immediately and be like, man, let's get, let's get these things cranked out. Let's get this stuff done. But you have to make up in your mind that my time with the Lord is so much more important. I mean, it's eternally more important than getting my to-do list done. So it's it's disciplining yourself. And, and it's not just you. This is not a, um, a self-help thing. You know, it, it really is without the Holy Spirit's power, you'll never do it. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and it, you need the Holy Spirit's help even to make it happen. Zach says that's caused a huge change for him in his life. And Zach, are you talking about uh, moving your prayer and reading to the very, very first thing of the day. Is that what you're, um, is that what you're referencing? But Jasmine's saying so true. You know what I'm talking about. You could get up early and easily bang it out and get things done, but you've got to prioritize, uh, the spirit and presence of God in your life over everything else. And I'm telling you, it has made a world of difference. Uh, from it's not that I never prayed before. Of course, I've been praying. Of course, I've been studying, going after God. But making it the very first thing changes everything. Because as as I said, it sets you on a course to literally be more productive and see like constant victory throughout your entire day. Um, 
I was thinking about this recently about how uh, there was this guy in the, from the Marines who writes books and stuff. And uh, he was doing a TED talk, I think it was. And you guys could probably find this if you search YouTube. But he was doing a, a TED talk. He said, yeah, I was going uh, big on late night, throttling back to-do list till after my morning. Yeah, exactly. Zach's saying he, he's, he's making the same disciplines. And it does make a massive difference in your life. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to remember this guy's name, but he was like a Marine. And he, does, he did a TED talk. You could find it online, I'm sure. When he was talking about why making your bed. Now, this was just from like the military standpoint. Making your bed in the morning will change your entire day. And, and when he when he started doing this TED Talk and, and discussing this, just the thought process of it made me start to think about things in the kingdom of God because he was saying that if you'll just wake up and not leave your bed messy, it will change your entire day. He said, because what happens is psychologically, it causes a chain reaction in your life that if you'll get up and first thing before anything else, make your bed and make sure that it's like, like inspectable. <laughs> if there was like a, a, a drill sergeant in your house, you, I mean, like make your bed, make it look nice and good and perfect. He said, what, what ends up happening is that it sets you on a psychological track that you've already accomplished that one task. So before you ever leave your bedroom, you've accomplished your first task of the day. And it gives you a sense of completion and it gives you a sense of confidence and it begins to have a domino effect. Um, yeah, if you, if, if, let me see, Paul's, Paul's putting up, is that the actual title from YouTube, Paul? He said, if you want to change the world, then make your bed. I'm waiting to see if that's the actual title of the talk from uh, from YouTube. But uh, if you want to change the world, make then make your bed. I mean, think about this. He's talking about the fact, and this is not even a Christian to my knowledge, and it's not, but this is a spiritual principle, is that by self-control and discipline, you're making a choice that's setting you. Oh, he said that in the talk. That wasn't the title, but he said it in the talk. If you want to change the world, make your bed. What it's what's happening is it's causing a chain reaction in your mind. I've already accomplished my first task of the day and it sets you on like a domino effect to continue to accomplish tasks and be productive throughout the rest of your day. And, the, and even more so than that, it's true with prayer and reading the word because obviously making your bed has no spiritual benefits attached to it, but prayer and reading of the word does. So if you went just through some of the things that happen when you pray and read the word, like quickly, let me give you a few. Obviously, you know that when you read the word, um, joy comes into your spirit, according to Jeremiah 15, 16. When you read the word, healing comes into your body, according to Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Um, when you read the word and get it in your spirit, then prosperity and success have to follow you wherever you go. That's Joshua 1, 8. So there are spiritual benefits as I said a moment ago, when you pray, then what happens? It, it causes your heart to be synchronized with the heart of God, and it keeps you from falling into sin. These two things hold massive benefit. There it is. Jasmine's got the title. Change the World by Making Your Bed by Admiral William McRaven. Um, you know, it's, it's very important because these things have supernatural benefits attached 
to them. So when you pray and when you read the word and when you praise God and give thanksgiving in the morning first thing, you are actually activating supernatural benefits in your life for the first part of your day. So imagine this. Think of it this way. It's almost like you're taking heaven's medication for your life first thing in the day. You're taking heaven's prescription for your life first thing in the day. You're actually imparting healing virtue into your body first thing. You're imparting joy to your soul first thing. You're imparting the ability to prosper and be successful the very first thing. All of these things are taking place before you ever do one thing or go to work. And it's just done by prioritizing the first hours of your day and giving them to God. Uh, in just a minute, if you guys have any questions as, as we're finishing up the first point, pop them in the comments so that we can do some live interactive Q&A um, before we go on to number two. But prioritizing the first hours of your day, I'm telling you, I've begun to see even in myself that things, and you know what I've found? And let me, let me just say this because this is a big one. I've found that by doing that, one of the things I've noticed is that it cuts junk out of your life. Like what I mean by that is it cuts out like wasted time from your life. And what do I mean? Well, Carolyn could, could attest to this. You know, once the day is done and, and you've kind of accomplished everything you're going to do for the day, how many times do we just kind of like go to our bedroom and get in bed and then just kind of zone out and, and just browse through social media or YouTube or scroll on Netflix to see if we're going to watch something for an hour and then go back to watch the same thing we watched the night before. You know, it, how often do we just kind of zombify at the end of the day? <laughs> Carol said, I'm done. How often do we do that? And then, you know, we spend the final hours of our day kind of just wasting time and just kind of, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, browsing social media or zoning out on Netflix, but it's just really wasted time. How, how, how amazing is it that when you begin to get up even earlier and prioritize your day, um, you don't have that same feeling of, you know, I'm just going to kind of sit around. You just go to bed to wake up and do it again the next day. You know, you don't, you, you don't just sit around wasting time at night. You take that time to, <laughs> Paul said, Star Trek, you're binging Star Trek Voyager. But you know, when you do that, you're literally saying, okay, the day's done. I'm going to sleep, get my rest. And I'm up again to do it in the morning. And, um, what it, what it really causes you to do is destroy time wasters. Uh, and so much junk leaves your life when you prioritize the presence of God. And, um, Look at that right there. After fasting and praying for a few weeks now, I can feel a deeper connection with the spirit and changes have come from the spirit. And that's exactly what happens. Um, and Nicole said, I'm going to make this change starting tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm proud of you. I mean, do it. You're going to see how it affects you in a huge way as you give God your first and your best. And it cuts junk out of your life. It's it's really amazing um, all that it does when you begin to give God your first and your best. Zach said he finds it even easier to be diligent in prayer when doing it before having to deal with whatever happens during the day. And that's true because that way you don't have to bring your frustrations into prayer. You don't have to bring, I mean, you don't come into prayer angry or anxious or you come in fresh, you come in fresh. And that's so vitally important. I mean, literally it's so vitally important. Number two, the second thing I would, um, I would really encourage you guys is to not only prioritize 
uh, your first hours of the day, but I would also prioritize your influence. And what do I mean by that is don't take uh, for granted the influence that God has blessed you with. Because everybody that's listening to this podcast today has a certain degree of influence that has been placed into your life by God. And what I mean by that is, is that there are people in your life that you have divine influence with those lives. And one of the things I constantly remind people is, you know, if you think that, um, somehow Jesus is just going to show himself to people from heaven. You know, you're waiting on the wrong thing. Many people need to realize that we are the only Jesus that anyone will ever see. The power of God is in our life for that very reason. And if we're not, and I think these two things run together, is that if you're not prioritizing your morning with God and you're not setting yourself on track to do what he's called you to do, it's very easy to just let these things go, um, you know, and kind of sweep them under the rug and not really accomplish your purpose or what God's called you to do. Rather than when you start and prioritize your mornings, you are alert and you are actually more aware of your eternal purpose than if you're doing other things. And what happens is a certain boldness comes upon your life to accomplish your purpose so that when you interact with people throughout the day, you have actually prepared yourself. And by prayer, what are you doing? You're stirring yourself up. You are um, one of the things that the Bible tells us we do when we pray in the spirit is that we are uh, building our, uh, building up our most holy faith. First uh, Corinthians chapter 14 says we're encouraging ourselves. So there's a lot of things we're doing for our ministries and for ourselves when we prioritize God's purpose. Then number two, as we go throughout the day, we actually have the ability to prioritize our influence, meaning that when we come into contact with people who need what we have, we are far more likely to be productive in our calling and not just brush it off or say, well, I'll, I'll mess with that later. I'll talk to them later about Jesus. I'll, you know, I'll witness later. It puts a fire in your belly to begin to do what you're called to do because it keeps an eternal purpose and mindset in your spirit that time's running out and we don't have time to play games with the future because Jesus is getting ready to come back. So we're prioritizing our, our influence. There's people that are waiting on us literally uh, to see how we're going to react to life, how we're going to react to the things that are around us, relationships, our bosses, our jobs. They're even watching you when you're reacting to tension, you know, things that are, you know, the enemy may be trying to send into your life or even just normal tension. That's everyday stuff. You know, a deadline hits at work and everybody's stressed out. They're watching you, whether you think they are or not to, to see how you're going to react when everybody else is freaking out under pressure. And when everybody else is dealing with stuff, you know, maybe there's sickness that's sweeping uh, through your office and everybody's getting the same flu. Everybody's getting the same cold. They'll recognize when you don't have the same issue that everybody else has. And you know what happens is it opens it up to discussion because people will ask you, man, you're never sick. What's up with you? Are you like Captain America? You know, it's like, no, I'm not some superhero. 
with some super gene in my body, but I am a supernatural being with a supernatural gene in my body. And it really opens up the door to you begin to talk about the power of God in your life and how you're you're not the same as everybody else. You can be exempted from the attacks of this world. And people are looking at your difference. Remember that. People are looking at your difference. They're not trying to see, you know, there's, there's nothing um, about when, when something, when, when things are all the same, nothing stands out. But when there's a difference, that's why, like, if you think about, you know, I've done graphic design for my, almost my entire adult life and what they have a concept that every artist and all designers use, and it's called contrasting colors, contrasting colors. You always want to choose a color that's going to stand out against the other color or accent it properly. So that's why, you know, when you read a book, anytime you want print to pop off the page, the very best thing you can have is a white page and black text because it's the most contrasting two colors you can find. If the page was white and if the words were white or even light gray, you're going to have a much harder time reading what you're supposed to be reading uh, rather than if they're white and black. Because when you have contrasting colors, the difference, the demarcation of where the lines begin and where they end are very, very easy to see. And that should be your life. My life should not look like the rest of the world. There should be a clear demarcation of my life so that when people look at me, they don't have to wonder if I'm different. They don't have to interrogate me before they can tell if I'm different, but it's a clearly seen difference in my life. Contrasting colors. I contrast by my covenant. I contrast by my covenant. That needs to be something that sticks in your spirit. I contrast by my covenant. And the reason for that is because when you have a covenant with God, it makes you different than everybody else. So I'm going to take some time at the end of this uh broadcast or this podcast episode and uh, we have we have a few minutes left maybe maybe five to ten minutes or so if anybody has any questions uh, pop them in the comments section and uh, I'm going to begin to answer some of those here at the end of the broadcast but I wanted to get this into your spirit and into your heart is that you've got to have a contrast by covenant because it's like you know when people <laughs> I find this interesting and I, I mentioned this last night and and it makes people look a little bit deer in the headlights in their eyes until they get what I'm saying. And then they laugh and understand it's true. It's that if you go downtown in any inner city into the alleyways, into the streets, and you find homeless people there, you're never going to find homeless people buying other homeless people homes. And the reason for that is, is because they're all in the same situation. And if one homeless person could afford to buy a home for another one, he would have already bought himself one. So they're not in position to help each other because they're in the same problem. That's why you've got to have somebody who is completely different than you are to help you out of the problem that you're in. That's why God's looking for us to be different than the rest of the world is because of the fact 
Once we're different, as Bishop Oyedepo says, I love this phrase, only changed people can change the world. Only changed people can change the world. And so I love this, that once we start to get these two things prioritized, our morning routine, it causes us to be changed personally. And if you really want to talk about the um, the benefit of that, uh, one of the things that, that uh, David Wilkerson talked about in tithing his time and other ministers that I've listened to, three very important things that you set up for yourself on a daily basis. That is time in prayer, which we've dealt with, time in the word, which we've also talked about. And then the third thing that is very, very important is time receiving impartation, time receiving impartation. And that can be done a number of ways, but one of the easiest ways to do it uh, is to listen to preaching and teaching. You could also read books, you know, there's all kinds of ways you could do it, but one of the easiest ways to do it is by listening, especially in this media age, listening to preaching and teaching where you're actually receiving impartation by the word from somebody who has some impartation in their own life. So if you if you were to take that two hours and 24 minutes of your day and say, okay, I want to break it up to where, um, you know, it's, it's an hour of prayer and then I may listen to an hour long message or an hour long podcast or whatever it may be, and then 30 minutes of reading the word every day, then you're knocking out three things with your tithe of your day, which is, uh, you know, I'm praying, I am reading, and I'm receiving. I'm praying, I'm reading, and I'm receiving. People that are dedicated to pray, to read, and to receive, they cannot be beaten because that's how you build up supernatural strength. It comes in that way. And Dean says, I'll take a double portion of your anointing right now and receives it. I'm gonna pray for every person that's listening in just a minute uh, because we're also gonna put this podcast on the actual podcast app with the rest of the episodes. But um, I wanna say this before I pray for you because see, here's what you gotta keep in your mind. Don't ever allow yourself to think that you are an insignificant part of the body of Christ. That is a dangerous way to think. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you need to understand and encourage yourself with the thought that my life is vitally important, vitally important to the kingdom of God. Paul taught that, that we're all members in particular that have a specific purpose on our lives. Danielle said uh, she tries to listen to teaching and preaching on topics that where she in areas where she feels she's weak in revelation. And that's an excellent, excellent thing to do because the, the Bible principle is in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In this morning's uh, Facebook Live, I talked about the fact that, um, you know, faith is compartmentalized, meaning you can have faith for healing and no faith for finances. You can have faith for finances and no faith for deliverance. So it's very interesting that uh, when you do that, and I'm glad you do, Danielle, is what you're doing is, is, is the Bible way very, very smart, is that if you feel like you're weak in an area in your life and understanding, build your faith by preaching and teaching in that area. Chad's asking, can you receive impartation only by the laying on of hands? You know, that's an excellent question. And, and the answer to that is no. 
There are other ways to receive impartation than just the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is one way that you could receive impartation. Let me say this. You could also receive impartation by a prayer cloth. You could receive it by anointing with oil. You could receive it by the spoken word. As Ezekiel the prophet said, he said, the word of the Lord came unto me and set me upon my feet. So you could receive impartation just by a spoken word. You can receive it by listening to preaching and teaching. That's why I really, really encourage people to spend time filling their spirit with preaching and teaching. It's actually the reason that we developed Miracle Word Radio that's on our app is because we wanted to give you a tool that throughout the entire day, you could build your faith and receive impartation at any given time. And no matter where you were, you could pop some earbuds in or put it on in your car, in your home and listen to nonstop preaching. And so that's an excellent question, Chad. Um, and that's what the, the book that's getting ready to come out this, this month or next month on further faster, it's covering that topic of what does it take to receive divine impartation and what will impartation accomplish in your life? We've got just five minutes left. If there are any other questions, pop them up and uh, I'll do my best to answer them before we uh, log off and before I pray for you today. But so without question, prioritizing your morning hours, prioritizing your circle of influence. And then one of the, the the final thing that I'll say, which is the third thing that I wanted to speak to you about today, was prioritizing your purpose in life. One of the biggest mistakes anybody could ever make is doing things that they are not called to do, spending time doing things or pursuing things that they're not called to do. And the reason I say it's dangerous is because it causes you to completely waste your efforts, your strength, your resources, uh, your peace. Because the Bible says in Psalm 127 uh, that unless the Lord builds the house, they're laboring in vain that build it. And unless the, the Lord is watching or guarding the city, the sentries walk the walls in vain. So God, the only thing that matters to you is what God's called you to do. So I would say it this way, and I've told people this before, and it's very important to remember it. There's a lot of things you could be doing, but there's only one thing you should be doing. A lot of things you could be doing, but there's only one thing you should be doing. And that's what it means truly to prioritize your purpose. It means discover the thing that God has called you to do and pursue only that for the rest of your life. Find the thing that God has called you personally to do and do only that thing for the rest of your life. If you'll do that, you'll see a life of not, listen, the reason people struggle and the reason people get sick and stressed out and it causes heart attacks and strokes and all these other things is because they are doing things that God never called them to do. And so when you prioritize, that's, that's why I, I focus on prayer so much in this broadcast is because you can never know what you're called to do personally without prayer. If you don't pray, you can never, ever hear God's plan for your life. 
Paul's asking, what if you enjoy a lot of things in ministry? How can you weed out what's not supposed to be there? One of the things, Paul, and, and I think you and I are in the same boat when it comes to this stuff because we do a lot of the same things. For those of you don't, that don't know Paul Rogers, he's um, an anointed and powerful praise and worship leader. He and his wife uh, lead the praise and worship at Charleston Church in Charleston, Maine. And uh, but he also does graphics design, youth pastors. I mean, have you transitioned out of that yet? I'm not sure. I thought you were telling me you were you were uh, transitioning out, but has done so much for the kingdom. Um, Paul, I, I would say that one of the things to keep in mind is that you were called into ministry. So what I'm talking about is you have put all your efforts into accomplishing the ministry that God's called you to do. I think where the problem would be would be like if you were called to pastor or if you're called to be in the ministry, but you also wanted to own, you know, you also wanted to own restaurants on the side and you wanted to, um, you know, you wanted to go and, 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 you know, open a chain of restaurants and then, you know, then you want to start a clothing line and all that. And the problem is, is now that now your focus is divided because you're supposed to be carrying out the ministry that God's called you to carry out, but you're now your mind is divided with starting the restaurants and starting the clothing line, and you you could do those things, but you only should do what God's called you to do. Now, the thing that you're maybe referencing, I hope I'm not reading into it, but you know, you you know, you preach, you speak the word, but you also sing and you also play, and you have a lot of different giftings that God's put put in your life. But I think of it this way, Paul, God has put those giftings in your life to support the call and the purpose that he's placed on your life. So it's not your gifting that's your purpose, but your gifting uh, accentuates or um, supplements your purpose. As a man of God and your wife as a woman of God, there's an actual call on you, but you know God gave you the ability to be a musician. That supplements your call and purpose. He's given you the ability to do graphics and web design. That supplements your purpose. Um, and so I think of it in that sense that it's those are things you may enjoy to, doing as well, but they're there to supplement your purpose. But you're not out trying to do other things that have nothing to do with your purpose. Uh, Dean is saying people always say that they're uh, busy, 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 but they're, but are they productive for the kingdom or a distraction from the kingdom, which is a great point. Uh, my pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas, made a point uh, not long ago in the Sunday morning service. He said there are people who want to be supernaturally productive for the world, you know, at their job. You know, maybe they're a people person and they have to deal with people all week, but they won't give that same gift and talent to God. So they'll do that kind of work all week long for the world, but then they won't come in and volunteer their time to be a greeter at the front door or an usher in the church or on the worship team. You know, they'll give their time to the world, but they won't give their time to God. And that's a very important um, point, Dean, is that uh, people are busy, but is the kingdom your priority? Are you taking your gifts, talents, and abilities and presenting them to God or are you taking who he's anointed you to be and only using it to make money? Because our time truly belongs to the Lord. And if you want to be very technical, our gifts belong to the Lord completely. He gave them to us and he's in charge of our lives and in charge of our purpose. I would look at it in that in that way and say, you know what? I've got to prioritize the kingdom first. And here's the 
Here's the real principle and, and the bottom line of the entire thing. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, that if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will just be added unto us. All these other things will just be added unto us. So I want to take a minute and pray for you guys today before we log off. Thanks for joining me for the inaugural interactive podcast here on Mixler. And uh, I really appreciate that. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person that's listening to this, whether live now or on the podcast. Lord, I pray that you'd give them a hunger and a desire, Lord, to prioritize those important things in their life, their morning hours with you and the influence they have with others and the purpose that you've placed in their life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Don't let us coast through life. Don't let us put our purpose on cruise control, but in the mighty name of Jesus, let us be more productive for your kingdom than we've ever been before in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, use us mightily in these final hours of time. And I thank you, Lord, that as you do, we will see the results coming back. We will see souls coming into the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. We will see this generation changed by the mighty power of God. We thank you for it and we give you all the praise and the glory. Let me say this, guys, before we go. Um, Worship Summit 2019 is coming up. I'm so pumped. And this is the last month that you can get VIP passes for the backstage teaching, the lunches, and the Q&A with the leadership team for $99. Starting in April, they jump up to $149 plus we only have about 75 spots total. I haven't even looked at the numbers to see how many are already taken, but once the 75 are gone, I can't fit any more people back there for the behind the scenes stuff. So if you'd like to be with us May 7th through the 10th, that's Tuesday through Friday, uh, we're going to do 18 free sessions and then two VIP sessions that are going to be exclusive. They're going to be awesome. Uh, and we'd love to have you join us for those as well. We're recording a live album on the Friday night. We'd love to have you be there for that. Um, you can get all the info at southeastworship.com, southeastworship.com. And you can register there and get the VIP passes there. I look forward to seeing every one of you guys. Listen, till next week, don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I love you guys very much, and uh, I'll talk to you again very soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 